1: Welcome to Dear Hank and John.
0: That was a very spooky beginning, although I guess we do live in spooky times. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank.
1: It's a comedy podcast. It's
0: not. It's not anymore. (laughs) Guys, this podcast will never be funny again. This is no longer a comedy podcast. Our mistake. We should never never have created a comedy podcast in the first place. This is a drama podcast. About death. It's a
1: dramedy. Uh, in which John and I will answer your questions, give you debus advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon.
0: How are you doing, John? Great. How are you, Hank? I just, I, oh, I, could, I could hardly imagine a way in which I could be better. How about you? Oh, man.
1: I'll tell you what. You know what's nice is to look into the face of a smiling
0: child. Let's just think about that. Oh, God. Puppies are great. Oh, man. I have a, uh, I have, a, I've had a, I've had a really pretty intense stomach ache for going on mm. 2 weeks now more or less without pause. I'm not loving. Uh, <laughs> um I I'm you know what I'm finding it hard to do Hank is like be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like I do the urge to be entertaining is not really inside of me right now. So, yeah. This is this is what you're gonna this is what you're gonna get, folks. Uh,
1: right. Well, um, like, let's tell me something that you like. Tofu pad Thai. Uh,
0: you know what I really like lately is uh, the music of Snow the Product. Have you listened to the Hamilton mixtape? No, no.
1: I gotta I gotta like fess up here and just like hundred percent admit that I, I've listened to like two Hamilton songs that I've listened to a lot.
0: Oh my god. You've got to listen to the Hamilton mixtape, Hank. It's awesome. I
1: haven't even I haven't even listened to the whole Hamilton soundtrack, John.
0: Oh, come on.
1: I know. I know I'm a bad a bad user of popular culture I also haven't listened to Neil Cesariga's new Mouth Mood Smash Up album which I, I feel like I'm I'm missing out on tremendously
0: It is terribly terribly important that you listen as soon as possible to the Hamilton mixtape because it will provide you with hope in these dark and difficult times and lots of people will be like I don't understand what's so dark and difficult about these times and to those people I just say oh, come on <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the,
1: the, the, the the scary thing is that like that the, the days between when we record this podcast and when it comes out, there's going to be so many other things yeah. that people might think we're referring to. Sure. But it's not those things. It's just it's the things from earlier in the week. It's the stuff from it's the stuff from last week that we're talking about not even the news stuff but of
0: course by next week the stuff from this oh. week will have been forgotten because the news cycle now lasts for four milliseconds
1: well that's the only way to do it when there's I'm completely f- so fascinated much. by the
0: new news cycle in which we live where nothing is ever really news because it is always supplanted by new news mm-hmm. but that means that uh, the old news never lasts long enough to be properly contextualized so no one understands what it means and and then we move on to the new news which we don't have time to find out what it means because there is now new 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 news anyway here is a poem by carol ann duffy called the dark it's a poem for children <laughs> but I, I feel like it's also a poem for all of us right now if you think of the dark as a black park and the moon as a bounced ball then there's nothing to be afraid of at all except for aliens <laughs> the dark by carol ann duffy Oh man, uh, on the list of things
1: I'm afraid of right now, aliens are like like negative. I, pref- I I'm like aliens, please come on by. Tell us what we're doing wrong.
0: Help. We do need some guidance.
1: Help me aliens. That is what I would ask. I would ask, how did you guys get through this period in your history when uh
0: when- Just concerned about the extent of political polarization in the United States and also the declining faith in our fundamental political institutions, because... Those, It's all made up ideas, Hank. It's made up ideas that we have agreed together to mm-hmm. believe in. And when we start eroding faith in those institutions by, for instance, arguing that between five uh, and seven percent of all votes cast in the presidential election were cast illegally by uh, people who don't exist or something uh, without any evidence of that, like you just you just start to erode that faith mm-hmm. in the institution itself, in the idea of voting being reliable, and once you start to undermine that institution, you got, this, this, oh boy, when this happened in Rome, it was a big problem for them, and not like a problem for a few years, but a problem for like uh, the last like 1,700 years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, John, I think we should probably do a question. It's from Christian. Who asks, Dear Hank and John, I was listening to your podcast on my phone and I put the speaker on my face when I felt the wind or some air displacement acting as wind on my skin. Is it the sound waves of the podcast blowing wind on my face? Are your voices touching my skin? What is happening? Thanks, Christian. Yes. That's what happened.
0: Our voices are touching Christian's skin. I have a question for Christian. Uh, not to put this back onto Christian, but what? Why? Why did you put a speaker up to your face? I don't know. Maybe because he wanted to have our voices touch his skin. So that's really what's happening, though. Our voices are essentially caressing the skin of a stranger.
1: Well, the skin of of tens of thousands of strangers, and it's happening to all of them all right now simultaneously. Like, that's what sound is. It's a mechanical wave in air. Uh, so the air is getting compressed and and like it's like compressions and decompressions of air. That's what that's noise, um, and if you are really close to it, you can totally feel those compressions. So it's not like wind. It's not air moving across. It is the it is changes in the density of the air uh, that you're feeling, and that when you feel that with your ears, your brain is able to interpret that as noise and sound and words and then, and then decode those words into meaning, and it's amazing, and isn't life beautiful? Isn't humanity beautiful? Aren't we something spectacular that has maybe only happened once? And shouldn't we just celebrate that for a moment?
0: I got that. I got there. <laughs> this question comes from Ryan. Ryan identifies himself as not Ryan, but that's exactly the kind of thing that Ryan would say. So I'm going to assume <laughs> yeah. that uh, his real name uh-huh. is Ryan. Ryan writes Dear John and Hank, when you die, would you like to be turned into a tree? Also, what kind of tree would you want to be once you die? I guess this is a thing. It's called the BIOS urn. Thanks mm. for the pod, not mm. Ryan, which is exactly what Ryan would say. I figured we we could get back on topic, Hank, by uh, by turning the podcast back into um, death, yeah, more where more it needs about to death. be, which is on the subject of death. I now, Hank, I'm not sure about this. I'm not a lawyer, uh, and and even if I were a lawyer, I don't think I'd specialize in wills and trusts. But I do believe that if you make uh, a statement about what you want to happen to your remains uh on a podcast that is legally binding oh
1: so we're we're doing it right now or we're, we're last will and testament john gets my my uh my stereo and
0: uh do i get your stereo that way i can listen to your music and you'll be whispering at me from beyond the grave i'll be caressing your skin
1: with my
0: dead dead noises now it sounds beautiful <laughs> Sorry, what were we talking um, about? What do you want? It's all about a what's, tree. Uh, what's going to be done with your yeah. body? Are you going to turn into a birch tree? Ah, uh, uh,
1: I don't know. I don't know. So, John, you have opinions about about physical burial. Tell me about them.
0: It will surprise you to know that I have thought about this quite a lot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, okay, so I have a friend who digs graves for a living, and uh, and I do like, I like the fact that he'll still have a job. Like, if we all start stop burying ourselves, what's he going to do?
0: I'm pretty sure that job is going to be taken by automation fairly soon, Hank.
1: <laughs> no way! I think that there's a lot of craft and skill that goes into digging, digging holes for graves, because you have to, like, you got to make sure you don't kill the
0: trees, and
1: yeah, there's all, you can't automate
0: that. Okay, um, let's... Let's get to the point here, which is what do we want to have done with our bodies? First off, obviously, I want to be an organ donor. I'm strong organ donor. If there's any way for me to be an organ donor, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I want to be an organ donor. Um, and then uh, I don't actually care what happens to uh, my body, whatever is uh, convenient and least uh, traumatic for... My family is fine with me because I will be deceased, so uh, it won't be of pressing relevance to me. I would, however, like a headstone. And the reason I would like a headstone is not that I'm like a narcissist who wants to be uh, visited by people of the future. It's because I have found it very helpful in my own life to visit the headstones of my ancestors, especially uh, from our mom's family, uh, the ancestors buried in Tennessee, but also our grandparents who were buried here in Indianapolis. I've just found it helpful to have a headstone and a grave to visit. It doesn't actually matter to me if the person's remains are technically interred there. I just—I like headstones. I think they are an underrated and underappreciated facet of contemporary American life.
1: Um, you know, I, I, I want to say that I think that it's important when I don't have a strong opinion about something to just not have a strong opinion about it. So I'm not going to have one. I'm just not going to have an opinion about this. But I do want to say to Ryan— um, and and maybe i should because eventually something will have to be done with my my remains because i will die uh but i do want to say to ryan that i would like to be turned into a tree but i will tell yep. you you that, can't no that i am already being turned into a tree the the, the way oh wow
0: you just blew the way my mind.
1: That, that atoms work is they're constantly coming in and out of our bodies, and I breathe out carbon dioxide all the time and so and that that carbon and that carbon dioxide was once part of my body. And uh and then that carbon dioxide gets, you know, sucked into the leaves of trees and turned into lignin and cellulose and all of the proteins and Uh, and structural compounds that make up trees. It happens all the time. I am already part of many, many trees. You just go out there and you breathe on some leaves, you're part of that tree. And then you can go back and be like, hey, hey, uh, friend who I just made and then went on a hike with earlier, uh, last year I breathed on this tree. I'm in there, I'm in it. That's me, that's me tree.
0: Hank, is it possible that the only real purpose of human life is to turn oxygen into carbon dioxide?
1: Uh... No. No.
0: Oh. Okay. <laughs> that, that would, because I was thinking. That would,
1: that would imply that there was any purpose to human life, John.
0: Let's move on to another question. <laughs> God, this podcast is so this funny. Is, this is going to be I a get, bad I mean, one. I mean, this, all of this is going to be in our next Best Of episode. Boy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Maddie writes, Dear John and Hank, how do we know that Mars wasn't the first place humans were, but we left it because it was dangerous or something? I assume the or something (laughs) is uh, that the fundamental political institutions of the nation of Mars collapsed. Maybe there was a war or it slowly became uninhabitable. Or uh, at first it was just like... A lot of these votes are illegitimate. And then slowly it became that the idea of certain people voting was illegitimate. And then slowly it became that voting itself was illegitimate. Engineers at NASA have said that the evidence of water showed that life could have been supported. So how do we know that that life wasn't us? Maybe the reason NASA hasn't figured out how to get back to Mars was because that's how we got here and the government has erased all proof and technology. Please help me figure out my true ancestry, Maddie. Now, Maddie, Hank, is conflating several conspiracy theories in this single question, (laughs) which I love because that... In, yeah. in 2017 America, the conflation of multiple conspiracy theories is actually the dominant form of discourse. So it's great. It's <laughs> yeah. really, it's helpful for me. It's a glimpse into how, how, how this stuff works. But I'm just going to answer the question as far as I know it, and then you can answer the question as far as you know it, which is okay. that, Maddie, the good news is that we know how long human beings have been here on Earth um, because of uh, radiocarbon dating, or not carbon, actually, but uh, what radiometric dating, I think it's called, but also for other reasons. There's lots of things in the fossil record that tell us how old stuff is. And we've had humans for around 250,000 years. We're a very new species. um, And we did not come here from Mars. We know that we didn't come here from Mars, partly because early humans uh, did not seem to have any kind of space-going technologies. Indeed, (laughs) in in many cases, they they barely had spears. Um, But also because uh, we know that 250,000 years ago, Mars was not a particularly habitable place. Um, So we're pretty sure that humans are not from Mars. And even if they were, I can't see how the government... One government could have erased all proof. I feel like it would have had to be all the governments and they would have had to have a real they would have had to be really well organized. And I don't know if you've ever visited the U.N., but um, it's hard for them to get much done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ivy mean, John, you answered that question perfectly and wonderfully. And I I think uh, it was great. There was nothing uh, on a technical level that I would add at all. Um but I
0: I would add... Do we know, Hank, whether if life existed on Mars, like, it's very unlikely that there was, like, life on Mars with two cells, right?
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing about life. The vast majority of it, even on Earth, only has one cell.
0: I know. Believe me. I often think about the total weight of bacteria <laughs> being 1,000 times the total weight of humans.
1: Yeah. They're they're big, and that's just the bacteria. There's uh, it's all kinds of one celled fungi, and then there's archaea. There's yeah. lots, of, lots of good stuff. Um,
0: Parameciums, yeah, amoebas, yeah. brain eating amoebas, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Those those guys, uh, they're really they're really quite advanced. They got a lot going for them. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So the diversity of one celled life is remarkable. But uh, yeah, the, the thing I want to say though is maybe maybe but probably not
0: because that's how all facts are <laughs> Wait, <now>. okay <laughs> okay okay uh tell me give me your most realistic humans came from mars scenario try to just try to approach it as best you can be as realistic as you can humans came from mars all right when
1: here's here's uh here's the most realistic explanation for how humans
0: came from mars we don't know for sure that they didn't. No, that's no good. Here, okay, listen, I can actually make a case that humans came from Mars. No,
1: ours. no, this is, this is that, that, no, 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 John, John, this isn't how we make cases anymore. Oh. We make cases by just, by being very clear that no one really knows anything.
0: Right, and it's hard to prove and a that's, negative. That's
1: all you need. And then it's done. Yeah, so given that you can't prove the negative, the the positive is
0: probably true. So given that you cannot definitively prove that humans didn't come from Mars, even though you can, uh, it probably means that humans did come from Mars because failure to prove a negative constitutes the truth of the positive. This question comes from Jill. You've asked the last three questions. All right, you ask a question. (laughs) Am I never going to ask a question? Ask a question.
1: I'd only want a little bit of justice in this world, John. This question comes from Jill, who asks, Dear Hank and John, How nice do I need to be at the grocery store? While I'm standing in line at the express checkout, a lady got behind me with only one item. I let her go in front of me, seeing that I had about 12 things in my cart. Right after that, another lady got behind me with only one item, and I didn't let her go in front of me and she acted annoyed. Was I wrong not to let her pass? What if like four more people with only one item each got behind me? How am I supposed to let, how am I, am I supposed to let all of them through? Help, I need answers. Horses and Goats, Jill.
0: All right, Jill couple things. First off, you say you have about 12 things in your cart. If you're in the express lane, you need to know exactly how many items you have in your cart. If it's 12, you're in the clear. If it's 13, you've committed one of the greatest crimes known to man.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, like yeah, like like being nice at that point is at, is right out. It doesn't matter at all. You've you've
0: yeah, broken because the rules. You've, you've broken the deep down essential rule. Yes. Secondly, And Hank, I don't know if you're going to agree with me about this, but listen, Jill, last year, the year before that, 1962, then maybe in those situations, it makes sense to let the person with one uh, item get in front of you. But this is 2017 America. And what you need to do (laughs) is take care of number one, look out for yourself and we all know from reading the fountainhead that if you look out for yourself above all others and care nothing for the interests or needs of other people that the world will reach its best possible state <laughs> oh I just, i'm worried
1: about this podcast john
0: why have we gone off the rails
1: <laughs> um, uh, th- um no i'm going to answer this i think i think we're all, i think we're on the rails john we're just on a different set um i uh, I, I want to answer this question honestly for Jill. And I will say, Jill, you did the right thing. Oh,
0: I was being serious.
1: Uh, <laughs> you did the right thing in letting that first person go and then saying, okay, well, there, there has to come a time at which I actually check out. But the person behind you doesn't know necessarily that, the, that you've already let one person through. And so this is a situation that is just clearly a small misunderstanding. Uh, and in the course of human history, I doubt will have a large effect on the happiness of any of the people involved uh, it, it has shown that you have spent a, a fair amount of time thinking about it, which I think is fine. Uh, but you probably can can now move forward out of this experience and not not have to worry about it. It's 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 the kind of situation where you're like, maybe you were short with someone because you were frustrated with another situation in your life, and they have to be understanding that sometimes the reason someone is impolite is not because they are uh, they are are not aware of the etiquette or they are not a good person, but sometimes they have bad days. And sometimes something is just not the way that you know that it's it's complicated. And so I, I think that the person who maybe thought that you were rude needs to be a little more understanding that sometimes the world is more complicated than than it appears at first to them to
0: be. One of the hardest things about being a human being is imagining the lives of strangers generously and complexly. And nowhere on a day-to-day basis is that more difficult for me than while standing in line at the grocery store. <laughs> uh, like, you, you just have to be able to think it is possible that this person who is being very inattentive in the way that they're going about paying for their groceries has just had an extremely stressful day and that's why this is taking 45 minutes um in and if you can do that it it i don't know it, it 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 makes it it makes human life feel less like this series of like minor oppressions in which you're forced to participate in bureaucracies and more like you're part of a community and that is actually quite a heartwarming thing and that you know you you can be generous toward this person you don't know uh and in doing so like it will make their life a little easier but weirdly it will also make your life a little easier hey john
1: do you want another question now that i've fixed that static that was on the podcast Sorry, everybody, for that static. Yes, I
0: do. I, I do. <laughs> okay. I do.
1: Uh, this one is from Zach, who asks, Dear Hank and John, on a recent trip to the planetarium, I learned that not only is the Curiosity rover much bigger than I had originally thought, but it also has a laser for scientific, in quotation marks, research. Given that there may be life on Mars, could this giant laser-firing robot be seen as a hostile invader from the point of view of microscopic Martian life? Were the aliens in war? Were the aliens in War of the Worlds actually just trying to do research on us? Maybe they were. Maybe they were just shooting their little spectrometer laser and vaporizing us to see what we're made of. Does NASA take that into consideration? Uh, yes, Zach. Kind of. They do. Kind of. Really? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, they 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 take the life into consideration. Not so much the. Uh, they don't take so much the. Uh, Zapping it with lasers, like I think, if uh, if we burned up a couple bacteria on Mars, probably wouldn't be the end of the end of the world. Um, but uh, certainly they, not they, the
0: end of our world. But it could well be the end of the Martian world if those are the last two bacteria. It just
1: seems very unlikely that they would be uh, out there on the surface. If there's bacteria, or if there's single-celled life, or any kind of life on Mars, it would be very likely below the surface where there is less radiation to disrupt it. Um, mm-hmm. But, hey, we don't know. But it's a big surface of Mars, and we're only in a very small place. Uh, but, but I do, like, kind of, like, I like the idea of, uh, of, of an alien species just, like, sending down this giant robot to Earth and being like, what are you guys made of?
0: And just it's destroying like, all of us?
1: Yeah, like, they don't have a concept of, like, individual life forms, and they're like, well, obviously, you know, this is just like burning a couple skin cells off, so we're just going to be like, uh, and burn, burn a couple of those human beings off the face of the earth because they must be part of a collective uh, in which no individual matters at all, like like us the aliens are. Uh, and that could, like I yeah, I can see that I could see that kind of like uh, that that kind of uh, ignorance because it's so hard to imagine the way that life would be for another kind of life form because we know this one way that it works. Like it's, it's easy to forget that all of the vertebrates on planet Earth evolved from one kind of fish. That's why we all have two legs and two arms and a head and a spine. And like we are all right. laid out like the exact same. Like there aren't any animals with four arms unless they don't have any legs. And like that, any vertebrate, any terrestrial vertebrates. And that like, that's so weird. Like even snakes, snakes like sometimes even have tiny little legs still hiding in there. And like manatees have pelvises that float inside of their bodies, not connected to the legs that have now disappeared. Um, it's like tiny useless pelvises that are just still there. Um, and that's a pretty
0: good name for a band.
1: Tiny useless pelvises.
0: That are still there.
1: <laughs> that's a long name.
0: That's a long one. Yeah, maybe it's like Tiny Useless Pelvises, our first album, still there. Uh, I, Hank, I just needed to interrupt you really quickly because earlier yeah. you said that there are no animals with forearms, and that is inaccurate. And um, I know that Henry would be upset with me if I did not point out that that is inaccurate because, of course, um, there is an animal with four arms. It is called Maychamp, uh, and it is a fighting-type <laughs> Pokemon.
1: Yeah. Also, all the things from uh, the, from Pandora, the world in Avatar, and uh, which I always thought was like, oh yeah, see, differently laid out bodies. That makes a little bit of sense. Uh, But it didn't make sense to me that not everything on Pandora had four arms. I was a little frustrated by that, like that there were some, but not others. I could see it happening, but it's unlikely. But it's why, like, dragons, for example, don't make sense, because dragons have wings and also arms and also legs, and that would be six total limbs. And that just has never happened. Like, you couldn't—it's like— Amazing that it's never happened, but it's like we we have a way of laying out bodies and and that kind of radical change to the layout just doesn't occur. Which is why, for example, wyverns are totally acceptable, which just have wings and legs and are dragons, but without the arms. So go wyverns from now on, everybody. That's what we're calling the mascot of Dear Hank and John the Podcast, the wyverns.
0: (laughs) I mean, this podcast is so far off the rails, Hank. That uh, I I I'm thrilled that we now have a mascot. But tragically, there's no one still listening. It's just you and me out here. We're alone at the end of that. Like we're walking on the edge of the world, looking down at a vast abyss together. And and we are like laboring under the delusion that there are people here with us. But it's just you and me, man.
1: <sighs> I think I think there's a couple of people who've held on. Just six or seven that are hoping maybe we get to one of the questions that they sent in, and they're like, hey, guys, but, like, I know that you're on your thing and that you're worried about your your, your things, but I had that question that I really wanted to ask, but,
0: yeah, sorry. Maybe it was this question. Okay, let's see. This question comes from Mary, who writes, Hiya, John and Hank. I've been wondering what the difference is between calling someone blank the second and calling them blank junior. Do people call themselves the second to seem fancier? What gives, insert clever sign off here, MK Mooney, P.S. I was able to meet y'all in North Carolina for the tour to Fighting when I was in sixth grade. You two are amazing and have helped me through so much. Thanks a billion. You're welcome a billion, Mary. Also, it is very helpful to know that you are from the American South because (laughs) I have noticed that in the South, There are a lot of seconds and also a lot of juniors, but they are not the same thing.
1: They are not. And in fact, it is very important to me that you know this because I am a second and I don't want you to think that I'm just trying to be fancy.
0: That's right. Hank's not just trying to be fancy.
1: No. In fact, I actively attempt to not be fancy, despite the fact that I am. Um, I... uh, So my dad's name is not my name. My grandfather's name is my name. And so I am not junior because I would be junior if I had the same name as my dad, but I do have the same name as someone else in my family. So I am the second of that name in the family. That is why I am the second.
0: Right, so. But it is really weird. It's weird.
1: Like why do we have the second at all? And it's like an official part of my name, like on like on my driver's license. It's weird. Yeah. That I, like Like I'm a king of something or like a Pope. I don't need to be a second. Like, like the second of his name. Well,
0: I mean, you are kind of the pope of our family.
1: I'm not kind of the pope of your family, John. I'm in
0: no I way mean, of the am extended I the pope family. of your family. Obviously, I, you know, Sarah's, Sarah's the pope of our nuclear family. I'm saying <laughs> you're the pope of our extended family. In what, in what way
1: am I the pope of our extended family?
0: I mean, if you t- told everybody in our extended family you know, Catherine, Sarah, Henry, Alice, Oren, mom, dad, if you told all of them like, there can only be one Pope, who shall it be? I think we would, I think we would um, blow the red smoke for you. He said, not totally <laughs> confident on how how, how popes, popes get elected.
1: <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that you're wrong, but I don't want that. I don't want that responsibility.
0: Well, I you like have it. Pressure. It's not your fault, but it's true. <laughs> um, oh, my bad, my bad. White smoke. The white smoke. I'll tell you what. I've always wanted to be Catholic, Hank, and I've, I've always been as high an Episcopalian as you can possibly be, uh, without just g- going over and becoming Catholic. But uh, but I don't I don't know my Vatican. I don't know my Vatican rituals that well.
1: Uh, well, John, that will encourage you to know, then, that this podcast is brought to you by Vatican Ritual. Vatican Ritual! It, it, you need it, you need to know more about it, because even though you're Episcopalian, uh, you have this weird interest in Catholicism. And that goes for everyone. Everybody's Episcopalian with
0: a weird... By the way, almost every Episcopalian I know has a weird interest in Catholicism. Uh, (laughs) And, of course, today's podcast is also brought to you by The Darkness. The darkness uh, currently surrounding Dear Hank and John, not just sponsoring us, but also inside of us. Uh,
1: This podcast is also brought to you by Facts.
0: We don't exist anymore facts. I mean the weird thing is so like people are gonna people are gonna say that we have a liberal bias Hank but like you know The truth about me, which is that it's very difficult to say that I have a liberal bias because I am like not a particularly Politically liberal person, but I have been completely thrown over the edge by the refusal to engage with facts and data, it, it's ju- it, it, ideological rigidity scares me more than almost anything, and I am a deeply afraid person. And uh, ideological rigidity in the face of uh, in the face of like facts that argue against your position just terrifies me. Okay, sorry. Lastly, today's podcast is brought to you by The Grave. The Grave. Uh, one of the, the great underrated uh, American traditions. <laughs> and also th- the place to which we are all headed. <laughs> I, I was
1: saying, I was with some friends last night, and uh, and one of my friends has a child who has a blanket that he sucks on, and the blanket has just become disgusting, and And, like, I can't imagine that he lets his child put this in his mouth. And it's like, you have to throw this away. But the child is so attached to it that, like, they're afraid of his, like, psychological well-being if the the blanket goes away. And I was like, well, you know, like, someday his mom's going to go away. And someday, like, we're all going to die. So, like, you start off, you got to be like, that blanket, it's gone now. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. And someday that's going to happen to your dog and your daddy and all your brothers and sisters. And now you understand death. Is, that, is that, the, was that
0: would that be like the proper way to parent, John? I mean, I have to say, hearing that story, I've never been so proud of you.
1: <laughs> that's not that's not the response I expected.
0: Hey, let's move on to the news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Oh, really? Are we already there? We've only been recording for like 30 minutes. I am in my heart. I just want to talk about sports <laughs> where <sighs> everybody agrees to play on a certain level playing field and everybody agrees to play by the same rules and you can't change the rules one third of the way into the game.
1: <laughs> this episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blueland. Did you know that uh, about five b ba b-b-b-billion, di- I checked that because that's a lot, plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, sports!
1: Oh, god. Well, I have some really good Mars news. It's good. It's very
0: exciting Mars news. I have some really good AFC Wimbledon news. Uh,
1: but I feel I feel like we should do one more question. Maybe we'll do one more question after the news. Get people to hang on. Hang on. Sure, Let's that's good to hang on through the through the
0: uh, the darkness of
1: of the news that they don't really care about that much.
0: I want to go first, John. That's just not true, Hank. People only listen to this podcast for the news from AFC Wimbledon, which is as follows. Ah. On January 21st, AFC Wimbledon played Chesterfield. It was a thrilling nil-nil draw. And Ooh. by thrilling, I mean not the best. Uh, and then yesterday, uh, as I'm recording this at least, AFC Wimbledon played Gillingham or possibly Gillingham. It's like Jiff and Giff. Nobody knows how to pronounce it, Hank. And um, you know what happened? What happened? What happened? I mean, imagine the most exciting thing that could have happened. Is it a nil-nil draw? It, it's literally even better than a nil-nil draw. Is it, is it
1: uh, three, uh, one, one nil down to two on up? That's the way they win the cup? Hank?
0: Yeah? The game was won not by AFC Wimbledon or by Gillingham. It was won by our old friend Unplayable ah, Pitch.
1: Soggy Pitch. Yeah, soggy pitch. Mm-hmm.
0: Frozen pitch. <laughs> that's
1: very exciting. Emerged so.
0: <laughs> the winner, in so. AFC Wimbledon's match against <laughs> Gillingham or possibly Gillingham. Congratulations to Frozen Pitch, their first victory uh, against AFC Wimbledon this year. But if history is a guide, not their last. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds like some really great news from AFC Wimbledon, John. Uh, so the, in the first, for the is that? Are you done? By the way, that's
0: it, man. Frozen okay. pitch okay. Uh, emerged
1: victorious. Um, well, I have to you that the first time uh, a Mars news is going to be brought to you by a press release, which uh, which I I uh, is very exciting to me because I love this press release, and it is from the newsroom of the Houston 2017 Super Bowl. Uh, then and uh, and they would like to you to know that the host committee unveils Wow Factor Experience. Do you want to know about this Wow Factor Experience, John? Yes. The great thing about press releases is that you could just say them exactly because they are meant to be plagiarized. So I can just do this without having, having to actually write <laughs> anything down. That's the whole point of a press release. The Houston Super Bowl host committee today unveiled Future Flight as its wow factor for the 2017 Super Bowl Live Fan Festival. Featuring a virtual reality experience and numerous hands-on space exhibits, Future Flight will share with the public the incredible journey to Mars and beyond. The unveiling took place at the 2016 Space Commerce Conference and Exposition, also known as Spacecom. Quote, the host committee has declared Super Bowl LI, whatever that is, what is it, 51? Is it 51? LI? Hank, I- I'm not a Roman citizen. As it says, the Super Bowl of the future in the city of the future, said Sally Sargent, president and CEO of the human Super Bowl host committee. Did I say human? Houston. Nothing says future (laughs) (laughs) The Human Super Bowl (laughs) CEO of the Human Super Bowl Host Committee Nothing says future More than deep space travel The Human Committee Is thrilled to partner With NASA And I don't know Why they keep having to say That they're made of humans But apparently We have to be specific now The Human Committee Is thrilled to partner With NASA And the leading Space industry companies To create the future Flight experience For people to enjoy During Super Bowl Live So this is actually a pretty cool thing. They're building like one of those towers that like drops you. So, but you're wearing vi- virtual reality goggles while it's happening. Future Flights' key component is a virtual reality ride that takes guests on an excursion through space to the red planet and back using actual footage from Mars. Guests don virtual reality goggles for the 2-minute and 10-second ride. It concludes with a 90-foot drop. They actually drop the people that transports the rider visually from Mars back to Earth landing on the 50 50- yard line of the NRG Stadium, just in time for kickoff of Super Bowl LI, whatever LI is. For guests who prefer not to experience the 90-foot drop, there will be a special presentation area outside of the attraction to experience the virtual reality portion of Future Flight without dropping off of a tower. It's very exciting, John. Look at that. You get to go to Mars at the Sign Super Bowl. up for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a special John Green edition of the ride as well. Ha ha ha
0: I appreciate that for <laughs> guests who don't want to fall 90 feet out of the sky. Oh I God! I would imagine that's the majority of guests. But you know, these days people do all kinds of things for thrills. Uh, well, that's great, Hank. I'm <sighs> sorry that you won't be at this the Super Bowl in Houston. I don't know for a fact that you won't. I'm just guessing based on everything that I've learned about you in the last 37 years <laughs> that you're not going to be in the Super Bowl f- at the Super Bowl in Houston. But so that's going to be a real bummer for you to miss out yeah, on that. But the yeah. good news is that you won't be at the Super Bowl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems unlikely, John. Seems unlikely. I, uh, I mean, I have to say, I, I wish. Uh, why, why doesn't all Mars news come in the form of press releases like that? That was fantastic. I was very excited. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but I, I also. Feel- a. F.
0: C. Wimbledon has good has good press releases too. For the record, oh. maybe I'll start reading them on the pod. You should. Do, um, surely should. Hank, what did we learn oh, today? God. Other than the fact that like Hank and John are not in a great headspace right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh we learned that dragons are impossible but wyverns are not it's true it's true i'm mean, you know i'm glad i'm glad i learned that <laughs> <laughs> oh man we of course learned that hank or as i shall now refer to him pope william henry green ii <laughs> is the pope of our extended family we learned that if you breathe on a tree you become
1: part of that tree and can we just Revel in the beauty of life on Earth for a moment and how
0: wonderful it is. It is so deeply interconnected. Um, and it is almost like if you uh, are a destructive force for it anywhere, you are a destructive force for it everywhere. I'm sorry. I, t- I took that to a negative place when I didn't oh, have man, to. Man, you did. You did. You could have said like it's almost as if you are, if you
1: are a destructive force against it. That is... It is... Just such a harmless little caress of breeze on the majesty that is the constant and willful fight against entropy that biological life is.
0: That was actually quite beautiful. And lastly, we learned that when you are standing in line at the grocery store, you must endeavor to be kind to others, especially (laughs) when it is difficult, because this will make your life better and also everyone else's life better. And isn't that kind of what we all need right now. Yeah,
1: just I just want to go to the grocery store and, like, get 12 items and go to the express lane and then just let everybody go in front of me for, like, just two like, hours. yeah. And then at the end of that process, it's gonna, I'm going to have 12 bottles of wine, and in my cart it's going to be my 12 items, and then I'm just going to give the 12 bottles of wine to the employees at the grocery store. Be like, hey, you guys, I don't know if you drink, but if not, give this to a friend. And if you do, have a nice night on me.
0: I totally think you should do that um, But I also think that it is absolutely criminal To give away wine that you yourself could drink Hank <laughs> Thanks for potting with me But uh, now nah, please remember that we live in a world Where if you buy wine you must drink it yourself And not share it with your friends or with strangers Unless those friends or strangers can benefit you in some way mm,
1: Right of course Well that is that is what friendship is for
0: uh, That is literally the case that is literally the case, Hank. That is the only reason friendship exists, is so that you can use that friendship to further your standing in life, and then at the end, you will still be dead. Dear Hank and John is produced by Rosianna hulse rojas and Sheridan Gibson. Our editor is Nicholas Jenkins. Victoria Bongiorno is our head of community and communications. Our music is by the great Gunnarola. We will endeavor to be less horrible next time. Sorry, but this is a real glimpse into <laughs> how it's really going over here in Greenland, guys. <laughs>
1: Greenland is a nice phrase that we've never used before. Yeah, it's weird. I
0: don't know why we've never brought that uh. one up before. Uh, you can email us at <laughs> hankandjohn at gmail.com uh, What else is going on?
1: Uh, yeah, we're also on Twitter. Uh, john is John Green. Hank is Hank Green. You can use the hashtag john if you want to tell us that we got something wrong which obviously uh, doesn't actually matter because facts don't exist and as they say in our hometown, please, 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 please let's all work together
0: and don't, don't forget to be, be awesome. awesome.